relate to God, not just physically, but spiritually. That's why it says you can worship God in spirit and in truth. And in Ephesians 6, it talks about it in depth. And so this morning, I want to dive into the question, is there more going on? Is there spiritual evidence for God in his existence? And this is what Paul would say to the church. I want you to look at verse 12 in chapter 6 with me. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, it's against the authorities, it's against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Many of us have read this passage. It talks about the armor of God as a picture of how we're spiritually equipped to fight the Lord's battles and fight all the challenges that are ahead of us as believers in Jesus. And yet something interesting that this passage would even open up talking about, it says that, you know, your struggle isn't against just physical things. How many of you know there's a lot more going on than just the physical things around you? Maybe you're not really that sure of where you're at, and that's okay. But what the Bible would talk about is says that when you put on the full armor of God, when you're walking with Jesus, when you're pursuing faith with God, you have to recognize that that's a spiritual battle. That's not a physical battle. It's not just about showing up to church. It's not just about checking the boxes of reading your Bible and saying the right things to the people around you. It's not even just feeling good about yourself or feeling content. It's so much more than that. It's about spiritual things that are happening And more than that, multiple spiritual things that are happening, which we'll dive into this morning. And so there's a lot of things to consider because the Bible dives in quite deeply into spiritual events. Amen? God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke it to be. Many of us would even look at um, even spiritual miracles. Everybody say miracles. Miracles in itself, if you've never heard that term before, is a reference to something supernatural, something that couldn't happen just by the national or natural rationale. It's, you look at this, this happened, this healing occurred, or this thing out of circumstances that could have never happened, and you say, that, that couldn't have happened without some intervention from someone somewhere. And the Bible is filled with that. You look at even the story of Noah, the supernatural um, intervention of the flood. You look at Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt and all of the miracles that happened, and God would even testify it's by the miracles that they will know that something spiritual and supernatural is going on by my hand alone. You see that throughout the work of the Bible. You see evidence from the prophets when they spoke things and then they came true. You see miracles. You see all these things attesting to that. In fact, in John 10, 37 through 38, Jesus would speak about the miracles that he would perform. And he says, do not believe me unless I do the works of my father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the, the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I in the father. What works is he talking about? Is he just talking about Jesus being, hey, how's it going? No, he's talking about the miracles Jesus would open the eyes of the blind. He would raise the dead. He would cure the lepers. He would feed 5,000. And people had never seen anything. Those were supernatural things. In fact, earlier in the, uh, that chapter, John 10, 
the people are looking at Jesus and they're like, they're hearing him talking about how he's the way of the truth and the life. He's the shepherd of the sheep. And they're like, this dude's nuts. <laughs> and then it says that the other people go, well, how many people have we ever heard of opening the eyes of the blind? Hold on a second. There's something really to consider there. Miracles are something that attests to the Lord. In fact, they happen to this day and to the point that I would just say for all of us, you have to come to face to face with the miracles of the Bible, but also the miracles that are happening today. And look at that and say, what do I do with that? How do I come to a conclusion mark? Because I can't look at some of the things that are happening, whether they were in the Bible or whether they're happening around me and say, I'm just not going to make a decision. You have to come to a decision about it. In fact, it's interesting because the Bible would attest that Jesus' church would go forth and that miracles would testify to our message. And so one of the things, if you want to know that attests to Christianity in our message is the miracles that accompany it. And it happens to this day. How many of you have ever heard of a woman named Amy Semple McPherson? What? Well, actually, you want to know who she is? How many of you know what the Foursquare Church is? You're in a Foursquare Church right now. Um, Foursquare was founded about 100 years ago. Did you know that Foursquare wasn't founded by a bunch of churches that were already established? Also, this is my founded by a bunch of churches dance. Um, did you know Amy Semple McPherson was um, an amazing leader who felt like the Holy Spirit was leading her to Southern California in the 1920s um, and birthed a revival through her leadership. And through her, there was incredible healings. This church just exploded. In fact, the very church that you're sitting in today is a direct result of her, as well as thousands of churches in the U.S., as well as about 80,000 churches around the world because of one woman. So, first of all, complete side note, Ladies, if you ever hear somebody tell you that you can't be a leader, just remember that a lady founded our movement. And God used her in a mighty way. So there's no reason for that. Amen? Men, can I get an amen to that? Dang right. I want you, Ismari, go ahead and put up the first slide. This is one of the many photos um, that happened. She would be leading these revivals throughout. And it went for about a 10 to 15 year period where God equipped her with the gift of healing. Um, this is a picture from San Diego that happened in 1921. There were 30,000 people looking upon this lady as she was brought. And Amy's the one who's like, well, you know, kind of distraught there in the middle. And she prays over her, and that woman just gets up and walks away. It was an incredible miracle that happened in that day and age for 30,000 people and for a, phot a photography and documentation to happen. In fact, over the course of those 10 years, um, Amy and organization Foursquare, as it was founded, they sent out to 2,500 people whom had received prayer to ask for feedback. Well, what kind of healing? Did you receive healing when I prayed over you? And it says this, that over 2,100 of them were healed and over 150 of them were immediately healed in that moment. Some people facing death and immediately people with broken bones, people who had no business living and they, they had gone to the hospital and they said, you're going to die in 24 hours. So they went there instead of the hospital. In fact, I want you to put up the next slide. This is such a humbling picture. If you can't understand what you're looking at because of the black and white, if it looks like people are laying down, that's 
Amy right there on the stage, and then right there, it's just the sick, it's the broken, it's people who are hurting. They're just flooding her events. And this is a typical sight that you saw over those 10 years. And so you're just seeing mass healings that are happening. And what's cool about this, one, it's not the only thing that happened, but it continues to happen today amongst our church family. I want you to put up the slide of Samo. Actually, many of us know Israel in the middle. That was from his wedding. Many of you know your junior high pastor in the back there. Wow. Men's warehouse. 50% discount if you get your seat in the next 24 hours. So, Samo is over to the left side. Um, he's the one with the little, I was going to say soul patch, but yeah. Um, he's the one over to the left. Some of you guys actually remember him when he came and spoke here um, a few years ago, but maybe you remember him. He serves at sixth grade camp as well. Um, Samo is someone, um, he's in his 20s now, but when he was in high school, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he had this ongoing battle back and forth where it would go dormant. They'd do chemo, and then it would come back. And it finally reached a point. He was actually paralyzed from his neck down. And he went on a trip to Florida. He's in a wheelchair. He can't move. It's not looking promising at all. And so what ends up happening is some lady at the door just decides to pray for him. And he's like, why are you praying for him? He's like, I just feel like I need to pray for you. You want to know what happens the next morning when he gets up? He gets up. He got up out of his bed, and he was healed. Can we praise the Lord for that? Is Mario, go ahead and put up the next photo of Tim, Tim Tank. Tim looks a little stretched. It's a stretch photo. Yeah, those portraits, you know. Um, Tim is someone who's actually a part of our church family in here, so you might actually run into him. I have the pleasure of getting to know him. Um, He was a coach at Sunset High School for a little bit. Tim was diagnosed with cancer um, to the point where they said that there's no possible way that this is going to go away unless unless a miracle occurs. And so that began us in a point of praying over him as a church. And I'll never forget the day when we got the email. They began chemo, and he went in, and they found zero traces of cancer. And the doctor said there's no possible way this cancer could disappear. Scientifically, we know that this cancer can't disappear, so it's not a coincidence. So we don't know what happened. There's no explanation, but there is an explanation. God healed him. And there's so many more of these stories that go around. There's stories, you guys to go around this church, and if you asked the people about stories and visions and spiritual happenings that they've seen, there's millions of stories. You know, Pastor Randy told us that You know, he gets flooded with emails from people around his church. (laughs) He gets flooded with emails. And he says that at least once a month, somebody sees a vision of angels around our church. There was one time at a junior high camp. I'll never forget this because I'm like, like junior spiritual, not paying attention. I just remember telling our, our leadership before one of the night chapels, I was like, you know, I feel like Jesus is really here. Not that he's not, but I was like, I really feel like he's going to be present tonight. And we did something where we had students come up and get prayed over. And I'll never forget, um, there was a girl who said that during the prayer time, she saw a vision of Jesus walking amongst the students and praying over them. And she wasn't like, oh, how nice. She was like, bah! like just a mess. 
because of what she saw and how beautiful it was and how supernatural it is. And the stories go on and on and on. But back to what we talked about, what do you do about that? How do you handle stories like that? Because we all have to reconcile that because there's different ways that you can look at it. On one hand, you could just say, well, those are just all random occurrences. I remember actually one of my friends, he's not a believer, he would just say, all miracles were just random occurrences at random times. And it's like, so you want to go look at Samo in the face and tell him that his cancer disappearing was just random? You want to tell Tim Tank to his face that his cancer disappearing was just random? I don't think so. It doesn't work like that. But I'll tell you what it is. You can either go to that conclusion or you can come to the conclusion that there are real spiritual things that are going on. That the Bible itself attests to. As well with that, it's not only evident in the good things, it's also evident in the evil things around us. See, it's interesting when you look at this passage here in Ephesians 12, it says, to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities. It's against, boys, stay with me. Hey, boys, Upton, thank you. The power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That spiritual things are not just good things necessarily, but there's recognizing that there's darkness in our world as well. And when you look at the world around us, we know, we talk a lot about sin in church. But evil is also a part of it as well. See, there's a sinful nature within us all. But what the Bible would say in the book of James is that there is someone enticing us and tempting our sinful nature to try and bring sin and bring evil out of us. And so there's sin, but there's also evil spiritual forces as well. Many of you have heard of Satan and have learned about Satan. He would be called the enemy, the accuser. And what the word would go as far as to say is that in 1 John 5.19, we know that we're the children of God. And that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And what it's saying is that we're the children of God, but we recognize that we live in a world where there's a lot of evil around us. That's a question that I get a lot as a pastor, and we as leaders get a lot about, why is there so much brokenness in this world around us? Part of the reason is there's evil in the world right now. And there's evil enticing people to make decisions. But I would even go as far as to say this. The presence of evil testifies that there is more going on and that there's a God battling against it than just the miracles as well, too. And some of you understand where I'm coming from. A lot of us understand personally from personal hurts, from looking at the world around us, at some of the things that are happening. When you look at things like racism, you look at murder, you look at violence, you look at sex, trafficking, um, taking advantage of people. You look at all the things that are happening and you look at that and you have to ask this question, is there evil in the world? And I'm someone from the camp that would look at that and say, you can't look at a shooting that happens and say that there's no such thing as evil. That's not a natural thing that happens. When you look at sex trafficking, that it's one of the biggest crimes in the entire world, millions of people that have been stolen from their homes in exchange. And you can look at that. Can you say that that's natural? I don't think so. I think it only speaks to and attests that there is real evil 
at work amongst us. See, we live in a world that if it's a natural way of thinking, if you think atheism, for example, you would say everything's natural. And so when you have issues like crime and poverty and all that, there are natural solutions. You put in the right rules and laws in, and it will stop those things. And it's so fascinating because did you guys know that out of all the societies in recorded world history, that we're living in the best one right now? We live in the least uh, diseased, least war, least impoverished, most peaceful time that has been ever known to mankind. And yet, we can all sit here and feel the weight of the pain of evil around us. And yet, no amount of rules can control sin because it's not a rules and a laws issue. It's a sin issue. It's an evil issue down when it comes to the heart of people. So we also find ourselves in this place where we have to ask ourselves, we look at that and we recognize that's not natural either. We recognize that the miracles and the things of God when he's working are supernatural, but we also recognize that evil is just as much spiritual that's happening around us. So what do you do with all of that? It leads us to a place of understanding and choosing to believe that there is a lot more going on, and you have to accept that at some point. See, I think one of the ways, one of the real hard things for all of us in this room that's hard about acknowledging that there's God and that there's a spiritual realm is that there are things way out of our control and things that we don't understand. Amen? That it's a little scary to think for a minute that there are spiritual things happening around you that you're out of control of. Amen? It is a little bit scary. That's why people would look at our society and say, you guys are just really physical. You care about physical things, but you don't care about spiritual things as much. So when we begin to dive into it, we begin to come to a place where we realize we're really out of control of our world, and we're really out of control of our lives. And I think that scares us. I think that makes us a little bit nervous and anxious, I would even go as far as to say, because you realize there are things that are happening. But... I want to remind you of this, that when you acknowledge that there's spiritual warfare between the Lord and the enemy going on and good and evil, as it would be referred to in the word, light and darkness, Jesus is over all physical things, amen? But he's also over all spiritual things. So in Ephesians, our passage, when it talks about the powers of the dark world, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms... And it says against rulers and authorities, Jesus is over those things too. In fact, 1 John 3, 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason Jesus came and wanted to give us freedom and forgiveness was so that he could destroy the work of the enemy from keeping us in bondage, keeping us in our sin, and keeping us in evil. And they would even say in 1 John 4, 4 that, you, dear children, are from God, and you've overcome the things of this world because it says the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. When it talks about us overcoming because of Christ within us, it would also say in 1 John 5, 5, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. See, there may be spiritual things going on that are way out of our control, but we have the one who understands it and is over all of it. I like to think of it this way. Um, how many of you would like to be dropped into the middle of the Pacific Ocean at night? 
not my favorite weekend. Um, you know what? Sometimes, and he waved, and he calmed the storm. You know, sometimes with trying to understand spiritual things for yourself is like trying to understand the entire ocean on your own. And God is like this perfect creator that knows it inside and out. And all he says is, if you trust me, I'll lead you in the right way through all of those spiritual things. And I'll protect you from anything that could harm you. So when it comes to the spiritual realm and it comes to Jesus, when you trust in him, you not only have victory over the physical things in front of you, but you have victory over the spiritual things, whatever those may be. I'm going to call up the worship team. And as they're coming up, I'm going to ask that you guys put away Bibles and phones. We're going to go ahead and break up into groups to talk about discussion questions. But I just want you to think about for a minute, maybe you're someone in this room that has those questions about God and about life around you that is there really a lot more going on spiritually than meets the eye? And maybe you're someone that when you hear stories of miracles, it invokes some kind of emotion in you, whether it's excitement or terror, because you realize there's a lot bigger things going on than you in your own life. And I think that's okay. But we have a God that helps us.